0: This message is brought to you by Emergence, a platform through which God is preserving and equipping a
1: generation in the last days. Be blessed as you listen.
0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Emergence Day 2. We are here again. We started yesterday, and maybe we'll just do a short recap of what we did yesterday. And a short recap of what yesterday's message was. So yesterday's message was really about what emergency is about. Why did why are we here? What really are we? What message are we passing across? So it is that there is a coming move of God, as we see in Joel 2 that there is a coming move of God. God is pouring out His Spirit. We see it in Joel 2, comparing it with what Peter said in Acts 2.17. And we also see it in James. James 5.17. Really, I really didn't share this scripture yesterday, but you would also see it in Hosea 6.3. It's in Hosea 6.3. Hosea said, God is coming upon us, both with the former and the latter rain. So it is clear from Scripture that God is pouring out His Spirit. God Hosea 6.3 God is pouring out his spirit. God is pouring out his anointing. In the last days, we said it's bigger than what we see in the book of Acts. And really, when God poured out his spirit in the book of Acts, yes, there were miracles and Christians Christians at that time, the believers and the apostles, walked in a dimension of God's spirit that solved the problems of their time. Right? It solved the problems of their time. Though they were persecuted, though they were killed, And we will get there. We'll get to the place of talking about persecution and how it relates to us in this time. And in our present time, what kinds of persecution are we going to go through as Christians? Because if we'll be honest with ourselves and obey what the Bible says, the truth is persecution is coming. Persecution over the years has only been something that has shown forth to certain people based on their assignment. But there's actually coming, there's going to come a global persecution on Christians. But that's not today's message. If you want to know more about that, maybe you should stay with us till day 14. That's day 14's message. So we said God is pouring out his spirit in the last days. God on the global church now. We've seen several moves. We've seen several revivals. Many of us have read books like God's Generals. You've read things on Google. There has been several moves of God. Even in Nigeria, the way the the Celestial Church of Christ started, started with a great move. Uh, I think it's the apostolic church. It started in Jebode some hundred years ago. So mighty move. People prayed and things happened. <laughs> oh my God. But it's going to be global. Hallelujah. It's not going to be a few people knowing about just a few moves of God. Hallelujah. So we also said that God has asked us to equip people for that move. In other words, prepare them, educate them by scripture not intellectual education now on things that can prepare them as vessels for that move that is its point and why because even before the holy spirit came in acts chapter 2 Jesus Christ had prepared his disciples he had schooled them in the word for 40 days and we said that that's the pattern for every revival there has to be a schooling in the word and a tarrying in God's presence hallelujah so the way the holy spirit was poured out in acts chapter 2 is the same pattern that God is going to use. But we said that the devil knows about this move. Why? Because it's in Scripture. And the devil knows the Bible. But there is no new tactic of the devil. There is no new gimmick of the devil that the Bible has not informed us about. There is no new... Strategy that the devil wants to use uh, for for against Christians or in the world that really that the Bible has not exposed us to. That's why the Bible says that we should not be unaware of the wiles of the devil. If the Bible is telling us telling us to be not unaware, then that means it's in the Bible. So it's now for us to search it out, right? So the devil knows about this move. He has a plan as usual to oppose it. But what he wants to use is false teachers and false doctrines hallelujah so god says equip people for this move that i'm pouring out equip them but also against this move of the devil that is coming equip them so we want to school people so that they can be prepared for this coming move of god and then we want to make them immune to this strategy of the devil do you understand so that was the really the crux of everything we talked about yesterday but today since we said that emergencies into two major parts, equipping and preserving. Uh, we'll be starting with the preserving part, first of all. Things that, that solidify us against, against the wiles of the devil. The Bible says uh, that you should be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians 6.10 The Bible says that we should resist the devil and he will flee from us. But really, the Bible also now says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. Actually, my people in that place, you know he's referring to Christians, right? Because the preceding verse, he was talking about the just, to justify it. And he said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So if there, would, eh, if there is any reason the devil will prevail, it will be because of ignorance. Hallelujah. And that has always been the pattern. Ignorance. Why? Because the devil is the father of lies. So if there is any leverage the, the devil has over any Christian, it's knowledge. Or better put, revelation. Hallelujah. So today we want to talk about doctrines. I'm taking it very slowly, and I, I really the way it is in my heart tonight. I don't want to talk too fast. I want us to really get the message and the crux of what we want to talk about, and take it. We want to take it slowly for the next 14 days. Hallelujah. Tonight's message is called doctrines. Doctrines. What are doctrines? Why is the devil choosing to use false doctrines or why is the devil choosing to use doctrines hallelujah what makes it false or not we would see it but why is the devil choosing to use doctrines against this move if God says he's pouring out his spirit why is the devil not first going for persecution for violence for killing because that was what we saw in the book of Acts when God poured out his spirit these people were killed they were persecuted Herod was was killing people Paul and um, Paul when he was still sore. Also was persecuting the church, he said he was zealous. You understand what I'm saying? So, why really? Why is the devil at this time now choosing to use doctrines? If it is false or true, we'll see. But why is he choosing doctrine? Uh, let's go to First Timothy 4:16. Let's start from
1: there. This evening. Oh, we bless your name, O oh God.
0: First Timothy 4 from verse 16. So I'll read. It says, are we all there?
1: Can somebody please read for us, please?
0: Hallelujah. Can we have someone reading the NKJV or KJV? Take it to and to the Hallelujah. Now I read and I'm reading NKJV. It said, take it to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who listen to you. So, it's seen clearly here that the power of a doctrine can either save somebody or destroy somebody, both the teacher and the hearer. Huh? So, what exactly is a doctrine? What what makes a doctrine that powerful that it has the ability to save or destroy? So, Paul is telling Timothy that your doctrine, take heed to it. Because by simply putting forth a doctrine, it can determine whether yourself and your hearers will be saved or not. So what is a doctrine? I have a few definitions here. A doctrine is a body of teachings or ideologies. Now, a doctrine is not a title. A person's doctrine is not the title of their message. A person's doctrine is the totality of the message they want to their message and their ideology that they want to pass across their concept hallelujah so when somebody comes and says the title of my message is this that's not their doctrine their doctrine is the totality of the ideas teachings and ideologies that they want to pass across. Hallelujah so I also said uh, a doctrine is the totality of ideas or concepts that is to be communicated. hallelujah now. There is doctrine in every religion. I need you to understand that that word doctrine is not a Christian word. A doctrine, it's, it's better to say that it's a religious word rather than a Christian word. word. In Islam, they have their doctrine. They have doctrines in Islam. What are part of their doctrines in Islam is that Jesus, that they call Prophet Isa, is a prophet not the son of god part of their doctrines is that you have to do ablution five times a day so that you can be what clean from your sins they have doctrines okay but in Christianity too we have our own doctrines a doctrine simply means our the teachings that we 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 that we communicate to people hallelujah So, now let's bring it down to Christianity. A doctrine always has a source. Huh? A doctrine always has a source. Whether, now, so let's be open first of all. Whether it's somebody's experience or somebody's private interpretation of something. And the moment somebody comes in front of a congregation and begins to teach something and begins to communicate a a body of ideas, it becomes a doctrine. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, a doctrine always eventually translates to a way of life. But I'm getting there. But in Christianity, the source of our doctrine is not anybody's opinion. In Christianity, the source of our doctrine is not anybody's experience. In fact, the source of our doctrine in Christianity is, is not anybody's vision. By vision, I mean maybe trances or open vision. That's not the source of our doctrine. The book of Revelation, yes, was born out of John's revelation, God opening his eyes. But everything in the book of Revelation, you will find it in other parts of scripture. But let let me just go slowly now. So, in Christianity, the source of our doctrine is one thing and it's the word. In fact, let me put it in better context so that anybody who is hearing this in any corner of the world will get it. The source of our doctrine is the sixty-six canonized books of scripture. Not Apocryphas, not uncanonized books, not book of Eli, not books of Moses, (laughs) not Second Daniel. Hallelujah. It's the 66, 66 approved scriptures. Hallelujah. That's the source of our doctrine. Hallelujah. That's the source of our doctrine in Christianity. God's word should be the source of our teaching. So if I have any open vision in that sense, if, I, if God shows me, Open my eyes. Whether God takes me to heaven and begins to tell me things, if I come back to this earth, bef- the only time I have permission to teach it is when I can prove it by the word. If I cannot prove it by the word, is either I stay till I find it, or maybe it's not from God. Hallelujah. Because the Bible tells us in Second Timothy that no, 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 no prophecy of Scripture. Did I say 2 Timothy? Sorry, I meant First Peter 2. No prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Hallelujah. So, when people... Now, it's one thing for a doctrine to come from Scripture. It's another thing for a doctrine to be correct by Scripture. Now, we're talking about false teachers, right? But really, we're not talking about false teachers today. Today, we're talking about what doctrines are. The power of doctrines. What can doctrines do and not do? Tomorrow, you will love the message. Tomorrow is really about false teachers. How to recognize them. Because these things are in the Bible. There's there's a way they behave. There are certain characteristics they have. That the Bible tells us about. Because there will be many. They will fill the earth. They will will be on social media. In fact, they will be more on social media. These people will have followers. They will wear suits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's one thing for, a, for the sort of the doctrine to be from the Word of God, the Bible, 66 books of the Bible, not the ones that I read 87 books. Then it's another thing for it to be correct. How was that doctrine? Uh, let me explain what. Let's, let's move. Matthew 15 9. Oh, blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! Glory to God. <laughs> yeah. Now, let me read from... Okay, let me read from verse 7. Jesus Christ is the one talking here. He said, Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Nine, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments, of, the commandments of men. Let me read it to you in the NLT. It said, their worship is a farce, for they replace God's commands with their own man-made teachings. Amplified says this, Useless, uselessly do they worship me for they teach as doctrines the commandments of men. In other words, what the, Jesus Christ was referring to the Pharisees and the Sadducees in this scripture. Those people left the, the books of Moses and the books of the prophets and began to teach the children of Israel doctrines that only came out of their own opinion. You see this? So, Jesus Christ said, these people are worshipping me in vain. They are teaching as doctrines. Commandments of men. The source of Christian doctrine is not man's commandment. The source of Christian doctrine is not is not man's idea. It's the word. It's the Bible. When Jesus Christ came, He said, "I have come to fulfill what the prophets." Do you understand what I'm saying? When Jesus Christ was with them forty days. The Bible says he was showing them things concerning himself. From where? The scripture. So even Jesus Christ himself could have just talked with them. But he still had to show them from the Bible. The Bible says test all spirits. Hold fast to that which is good. How do you test all spirits? It's by the word. Hallelujah. It's by the word. It's by the word. There are three that bear witness on the earth. Let's move on. First Timothy four one. First Timothy four one. It says, Now the spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of who? Of demons. Now, you see, the Bible didn't call it false doctrines. We are getting to why something will be false or not. When you call something false, that means relative to something else. Right? So, we are coming there. But the Bible says that people will give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. What does doctrines of demons mean? This means that something that is not the Bible. It will look like the Bible, but it is something that came out from opinions of demons. Because of the plan that they have, the strategy that they want to carry out. Hallelujah. So the Bible is saying in the last days there will be deceiving spirits in the world. But what is how are they going to do it? Doctrines of demons. But these demons will not come out and say, hey, 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 we are here, this is our doctrine. No. If something is deceptive, that means it has a form of the real thing. Right? So it says that. In later times, people will give heed to doctrines of demons. So these things will look like the truth, but they are not the truth. The devil is is the father of lies. So these are doctrines of lies, really. Let's continue. You see, doctrines are very, very powerful. They set the trajectory of the hearer's life. If a person keeps teaching the same thing to you, this is what will happen. You will begin to obey that thing, right? This was why I said a doctrine would eventually translate into a person's way of life. The Bible tells us in Acts 2 from verse 45, it said they continued what daily in the apostles' doctrine. What does it mean? If I come and I keep on teaching you holiness and explaining to you what holiness is, and I keep showing it to you from the Bible, the first step is that you would, the first step to that becoming your way of life is first of all when you believe it. Hmm? So I must have convinced you for you to believe it. After a while, you want to obey it. To obey it is when you start acting of what you've been taught. And then after a while, it becomes your way of life. That is exactly why a doctrine is powerful. And you need to understand that when somebody stands in front of a crowd to teach, they are doing it by a power. See, people don't just talk. Why do you think... See, I I was asking God... In 1 Corinthians, is it Corinthians 12? Now it's in Romans and it's in 1 Corinthians, it's in Romans 8, where the Bible says he has set some in the church. Uh workers of miracles, ministry of helps, teachers, apostles, even in Ephesians 4. Abi T- uh, apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers, evangelists. So I was asking God that God. Why did you say that you have set some to be teachers? I thought every Christian should be able to teach the word. And God answered me, said, yes, every Christian should be able to teach the word. Then I said, why have you said in this scripture that you set some as teachers? God said, this scripture is in the context of the church. Maybe we should quickly
1: look for it. First Corinthians what? Yeah, that's it.
0: First Corinthians twelve twenty-eight. So see this, yeah. It says, and God had set some in the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles. Then gift of healing helps governments diversities of tongues. So I say, saying, God, why, why would you say that you set some as teachers? Every believer should be able to teach the word. Every believer is supposed to be rooted in the word. And one of the ways you know you are rooted in something is where you can teach it. But God said, this scripture is in the context of the church. Certain people are separated and anointed to teach the word. In the context of the church. In other words, the gathering together of believers. So when somebody stands in front of a crowd to teach something, to teach a doctrine, he's either doing it by the power of God or by the power of the devil. So when somebody is talking and preaching, it's not something just physical. It's not something that it's just talking and hearing. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Bible says, as Paul was teaching, he perceived that the man had faith to be healed. It's the power backing the teaching. Paul said to them in First Thessalonians 5, 1 Thessalonians 1, 1.5, he said, when I came to you, I did not come to you only in word, but in power. You see, when people teach the word, either through preachers or people who teach doctrines of demons, trust me, they are doing it either by the power of God or by the power of the devil. So it's more than what meets the eye. It's, the, it's why some preachers will be preaching, and as they are preaching, people just break down their tears and begin to cry and repent. There's a power back in it. Paul said that your faith may not rest in, the, in my speech, but in the power of God. When I came to you, I didn't come to you in the excellency of, of speech, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So it's not just talking. That's why people intercede before they go and preach. That's why people pray before they go and preach. So, so, also these people that would come and preach things that are not that seem like the truth. When they come, they're not just coming. Hallelujah! They are not just coming. So, when somebody begins to teach something, it would eventually set the trajectory of a person's life, and the way a person lives his life will determine his end. Because there's a way that seems right unto a man. But the end thereof is the way of destruction. Hallelujah. The end thereof is the way of destruction. So something might seem like the truth, but that doesn't make it the truth. How should doctrines be formed? How then are doctrines formed? If you see a, a doctrine, how then are doctrines formed? doctrines are not are not based on now get this we said the source of of doctrines in christianity is the bible right now get this a doctrine is not based on verses one verse so the totality of what i'm about to teach a a doctrine is not based on a verse a verse of scripture the way doctrines are built, they are built from a careful study of the totality of what the Bible has to say concerning a particular subject. That is how doctrines are formed. I don't just read a verse of scripture and jump outside and start preaching and start teaching. What else has other parts of scripture said about it? If not, you will teach it wrongly. So Paul said to Timothy, he didn't tell him read, he said study. There's a difference between reading and study. So when the apostles said in Acts 6 verse 4, he said it is not meet for us to leave the ministry of the word and of prayer to begin a serve tables. What they meant by ministry of the word was how we sat down with the word to study it before we come and teach it. And trust me, it takes time. Oh, it takes time. It's called the ministry. Notice what they said. They didn't say the ministry of prayer and the word. They said the ministry of the word and of prayer. He said, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you several men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who you may appoint. Okay, let me read verse 2 to you. He said the twelve called to the multitude of the disciples and said to them, It is no reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Verse 4 says, But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The ministry of the word is this that when God sends a person or a minister to go and preach, this is how God explained it to me. You know, they said prayer before ministry of the word. They said, continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. So this was what God told me. When you want to go and preach, or when people go and preach, this is what you do. You first of all wait on God. You pray, God, what should I go and teach? You intercede over the people. Then when God tells you what to preach, the next thing to do is to go and sit and study check what what in every place what has the bible said concerning this thing the epistles of paul how did paul explain it how did jesus christ himself what does he have to say about it the books of the prophet what have they said you read commentaries you read things you come out with a wholesome you hear? and wholesome teaching and doctrine that is balanced not tilting to one one extreme or the other extreme that is how doctrines are formed doctrines are not verses and chapters Or just verses. You know, there are many verses in the Bible that can be taken out of context. Many. But when you read it and compare it with other verses of Scripture, you begin to understand what the Bible is saying. Many verses. (laughs) In fact, if you read the book of James, you will think God does not want any believer to be rich. That's the way it will look like. The book of James, in fact, you will think James hates rich people tell those that are rich in this world to neither be um, um, proud or haughty, but to put their faith in the living God who gives us all things richly to enjoy. <laughs> that, that's even 1 Timothy six seventeen. But really, that, that's how it feels. But when you read it in totality, you understand? So, doctrines really are, are birthed out of careful study of the word. That's how, that's how doctrines should be brought out. So even if God shows me a vision, I need to go and sit with the Bible. Read several places. That's why the Bible says in James 3, it says, Don't let us all be quick to be teachers. For we know that teachers will receive greater scrutiny or stricter judgment in some translations. You understand? Because if God asks you or 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 has separated you to be a teacher... It simply means that you actually have the power to, 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 to shape people's lives. Really. So the Bible is saying we teachers will go to greater scrutiny. <laughs> and I hope you know. So let me show you something. This is not even in my notes. James.
1: James. Uh... Now, James 3 verse 1. My
0: brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. This is the scripture I was quoting. Now, let's read it in other translations. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers. You see? Knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Now, all this, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.11. That he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Huh? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry and all of that. Now, this scripture, are we now saying that it is only referring to teachers? You know, we saw five in that Ephesians 11, Abby. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Are we now saying this scripture is only referring to teachers? So I began to ask questions. Now listen, some people argue Now, this is not to settle any argument, also. Some people say it is fivefold. Some people say it is fourfold. Now, no, it's fivefold means. Some people say, no, it's fourfold. Whether fivefold or fourfold, this is what it means. You see, apostles, prophets. Now, this is what I want to show you. This would help people. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. They are all teachers. They are all teachers. Let me explain to you when god sends an apostle an apostle is somebody who is sent forth with a message either to a particular group of people or to a geographical place so paul said he is an apostle sent to the gentiles he said concerning peter in galatia he said just as peter is an apostle sent to the jews right so the ministry of an apostle is that god gives him a message To a particular set of people. Do we understand? Now, an apostle teaches the word. When an apostle goes forth, he doesn't go there and go and be walking miracles alone. He goes with a word from scripture. An apostle is a teacher of the word. A prophet is a teacher of the word. The ministry of a prophet is not built around visions or dreams. The ministry of of a prophet is built around the word. A prophet teaches the word. An evangelist teaches the word. If an evangelist wants to hold a a crusade, 2,000 people get saved. What would he preach? The word. A pastor is a shepherd. A pastor really is supposed to disciple and grow people and feed them, right? What does he use? The word. So really, all of them are teachers. What differentiates an apostle from a prophet, from a, an evangelist and a pastor is the scope of the assignment and the specific graces that work with those offices. So Paul said that the signs of an apostle were wrought among you. What also differentiates them is the manner through which they interpret scripture. But really it is all still scripture. Just you like I'm saying? So somebody should not come to you and say I'm a prophet and he, today. What is you come for service today, and everything he talks about is his vision, what he saw, uh, what God told him. No specific teaching of the word. You come next Sunday. What he starts with again? What I saw, what God told me. I see, I, I saw. Third day, just find your way. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just find your way. Every all this. So when James was saying that. Don't let us all be hasty to be teachers. It was referring to this either fivefold or fourfold as some people put it. Whatever. Do we understand? So in those days, people will come and tell you, I'm a prophet. I see. See, anybody can walk in those those are those are just gifts of the Holy Spirit that any believer can walk in. Oh, I see concerning you this, 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 and it's, it's the gift of either prophecy or word of knowledge or word of wisdom. Do you understand know what I'm saying? So, all these people really teach the word. Hallelujah. So, doctrines are not based on verses alone. They are based on careful study of the entirety of what scripture teaches concerning a particular matter. Do we get what I'm saying? If I want to teach concerning marriage and the only scripture that I'm teaching from is what maybe what Paul said alone. I will most likely miss them maybe just one verse you have to so why what, what, what are we even talking about doctrines now you know i said that a doctrine is not title a doctrine is not the title somebody gives huh? it's a body of teaching and ideas right now you will notice that the word trinity is not in the bible That word, trinity, it's not in scripture. But the body of what that idea seems to communicate, is it correct? Oh, yes, it is. What is trinity? Tr- trinity simply means that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are one. Right? And then it also encapsulates the, the, the different walkings of the Godhead. So the word trinity... Is a dictionary word that is not find, found in the Bible, but the totality of what that is—is is it correct by Scripture? Yes, it is. That is what we are saying. Oh, hallelujah! Do you understand know what I'm saying to you? So doctrine really is not tied to doctrine. Is that you will sit down here? Is this thing correct? What does he want to preach? And you two, as you are hearing it, we will get there. It's not today's message. The Berean Christians. Hallelujah. You might have heard something like new creation realities, right? That that sentence, that phrase is not in the Bible. It was gotten from this person's book. Uh, What's his name again? E. W. Kenyon. He was the one that wrote a book called new creation realities. And people read the book and they liked it. But... The, 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 the old teaching of what new creation reality is, is simply the, the rights that, come that comes with being in Christ. Now, the totality of the body of that teaching, is it right by scripture? Yes, it is. But the title is not found in scripture. We might have heard things like the believer's authority. That word is not in the Bible. That sentence. It's not in the Bible, that phrase is not in the Bible, but the totality of the teaching of it is it correct? Is that doctrine correct? Is that doctrine true? Yes, it is. So somebody can come and say, My message tonight is titled Eternal Salvation. You can't judge him if it's correct or wrong. It's until you hear what he is trying to teach and communicate. Because, see, if I I hope you know that one person can come. And say that, I hope you know that one person can come and say that the title of my message is, Once Saved, Forever Saved. See, in the simplicity of, we'll get there, in the simplicity of how that sentence sounds, some person can say it's wrong, another person can say it's right. That, oh, once you are saved, you are saved forever. God did not cast you away from his presence. It's true. Another person can say, no, there are things that can happen in a believer's life that will make him lose his salvation. So it's not really about the title. Is that you? The totality. What are they saying? So when people, either false teachers or the real teachers of, of the word of God, when they come and they put forth a doctrine, our job is to go home and go and search the scripture. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, 2 Timothy 2.15. This is how doctrines are built, really. 2 Timothy 2.15. KJV. He says, study to show thyself... Approved unto God. A workman that need not to be ashamed. Rightly doing what? Rightly dividing the word of truth. So it is possible to wrongly divide God's word. Rightly dividing there means rightly deciphering and understanding the word. So if God says study so you can rightly divide, it's possible to, for some people to wrongly divide. Either knowingly or knowingly. Either consciously or unconsciously. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it says study to show yourself approved. Actually, this scripture, in the, in the context of what Paul was saying, he was talking to, to Timothy as a teacher of the word. Because Timothy was a pastor. But it is meant for every believer, really. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Paul was talking from the context of the fact that Timothy was a pastor. So he's telling him, study well so that I can teach people well. Just what he was saying to him, take it onto your doctrine. But really, this scripture is meant for every believer. Okay, when Paul said that God's word is profitable unto doctrine, reproof, uh, correction and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete unto every good work, are we now saying that that scripture is only meant for pastors? Because he said that the man of God. Yes, Paul was talking from the standpoint of Timothy being a pastor. But really, it's meant for every believer. As a matter of God, this man of God, man of God thing. If I'm a man and I'm born again and God is my father, I'm a man of God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's see something.
1: How did I forget this scripture? In the first place. Let's continue. When we're rounding up, we'll get there.
0: He says this: experiences are not the basis for doctrines. You see, many of the of the problems we have in some denominations of Christianity, or some problems that were in the past, was because people built doctrines around experiences. Now we would, after as we go on, we would we'll check why it looks like looks like the way some denominations of Christianity or some churches operate is different from from how some churches operate. Yes, those things happen. Those things are possible. But really, they they should not be built around experiences. There is a reason why some churches don't do certain things, which is understandable. We will check it, but it's not today. But really, doctrines and what we teach people from the author should not be from experiences experiences and testimonies can be a support but we put the word first do you understand what i'm saying so he says experiences are not the basis for a doctrine nothing else but the word in christianity nothing else but the word not We're not talking about Islam. We're not talking about Judaism. If it is Christianity, if anybody will come before any crowd and teach something, it has to be the word. Let's...
1: Now, let's just check something quickly before I move to the next thing that I'll be talking about. Oh, God, we bless your name we bless your name father thank you lord 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 second timothy 3:16 oh thank you jesus thank you father second timothy So I'm going of read. All those are inspiration of God. For
0: improved for correction, for instruction and righteousness. Hallelujah. So let me read the amplifier to you. Every scripture is God breathed, given by inspiration, and profitable for instruction. In other words, profitable for doctrine. What is profitable? What does profitable mean? Profitable means good for. Right. So everything I've been saying says that doctrines should not be bad for. It is this scripture just summarizes it, summarizes everything. It says all scripture is given by God, especially of God, and it's profitable for doctrine. It is good and certified for doctrine. You know why? Because the Bible is the purest form of information we have on the face of the earth. This thing is not mixed with anybody's emotions. It's not mixed with anybody's opinion. It's God Himself. It's the thoughts of God. So, God's word is profitable for doctrine. But you see, demons want to pollute the body of Christ with their subtle and perverted doctrines. Just what I'm saying. What demons want to do, what the plan of the devil is, is that he wants to pollute the body of Christ. He's looking at a strategy through which he can bring in wrong doctrines, wrong teachings, perverted doctrines that look like the truth, but not the truth, into the body of Christ. And if we are not schooled in the things that we'll be talking about from day three, day four, five, six, seven, because the Bible says, you know, when the Bible talks Sometimes it's not that, let me explain what I mean. The Bible says that in the last days, many shall fall away. First Thessalonians 1, I'm second Thessalonians chapter 2, from verse 1 downward. It says, the great apostasy, say, many shall be deceived. Sometimes when the Bible is telling us of something in the future, it is so that we can equip ourselves. We necessarily do not have to be a part of it. So if the Bible keeps on telling us on several occasions, and today is not for you, we'll check it. Several occasions, the Bible keeps on telling us, beware, do not be deceived. Beware, do not be deceived. Several. That means there are things the Bible wants us to take note of. This thing, if the Bible keeps on saying it over and over, that means it, it is important. So demons want to bring in their perverted, subtle, wrong doctrines that will seem like the truth, that will be cool to our flesh, but not the truth. These things will sound correct to a carnal man. Even Christians that are standing strong because the Bible says that the love of many shall wax cold. Do we understand? Are we getting this? 2 Peter 2.1 So how how does the devil want to do this? Now, he says, but there were also false prophets among the people. Now, out there, he said there were False prophets among people. When you go go back to chapter one, you will realize that he was talking about the, the, the children of Israel, the old testament. He said, Just like there were false prophets among them. Now he didn't say false prophets, he said, even as there will be false what? Teachers among you. Now he didn't say prophets, he said teacher. Why was the devil using false prophets in those days? And now he's using false teachers. It is because in those days, the primary way God led his people was through the prophets. But now, we've said that both apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors, they are all teachers. So the devil right now, what he wants to use is false teachers. Do we understand? Because the body of Christ is not to be led anymore by visions and dreams. It is to be led by the teaching of the word. So he said there were false teachers among them. So also among you, there will there will be false, there was false prophets among them, so also among you today there will be false teachers. Is this the Bible? It says, even as there were there will be false teachers among you, who will see this, secretly bring in destructive heresy. What is heresy? Heresy is that I just look at the Bible and I say, in my opinion, no, this is what it means. That's what heresy means. SE means meal. The way I'm reading this, 2 Peter 2, in my opinion, this is what I think it it means. No, the Bible is not meant for private interpretation. The scripture must explain scripture. Hallelujah. So it says, they will secretly bring in destructive. Now you see the word secretly. That means these are not things that are obvious to the naked eyes. These are not things that are obvious to the untrained senses. They will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. First Peter 4.1 I think we've read that before, right? The Spirit is expressly saying that in later days there will be false teachers. Revelations 2.14 Oh God, hallelujah. <laughs> Revelations 2.14 he says, "But I have a few things against you, because you have there those." Now, this was where Jesus Christ was talking to the seven churches through John. Now he said he was talking to a particular church, and he said, "I have something against you, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of who of Balaam. Who oh, is Balaam? Now, see this. Jesus Christ said said that there are those who hold the doctrine of Balaam." Who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality? Now, see, in the Old Testament, Balaam was a prophet. But it's funny that Balaam was not an Israelite. Yet he was a prophet of God. Go and read it. Balaam was not an Israelite. Those kind of things don't occur in scripture. But this was somebody that understood the ways of the children of Israel. So when Balak came to him, Balak said, Balaam, I want you to curse the children of Israel. This man understood the children of Israel and got ways with them. He said, nobody can curse them. Why? Because God has blessed them. They came back, they brought money. He said, I'm not doing it. He said, I'm not doing it. They came back the third time. They brought him more money. He said, okay, this is what we'll do. Since we cannot cost them. But you see, he understood their ways. He said, we will use the law of their God. To set them against their own God. What did he now do? He said, go and give them prostitutes. We don't need to cost them. By themselves, they will cost themselves. That was what Baram did. Since he could not cost them. What is the significance of this? He said, See what he says. He said, you have, you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam who thought. So, this thing is really about teaching. So, the devil wants to use our own ways, our own word against thoughts. Do we understand? And really, today is not the day to open all these things. There are things. We must have read about the great falling away, the apostasy. Or when Jesus Christ said in Matthew 24, the, the, the abomination of desolation that Daniel talked about in Daniel 9, Daniel 12. These are the ways these things will come about. Oh, stay with me. They also 14 days. Just stay with me. <laughs> because many of these things are not in my jotter. They are not in my book. <laughs> the great apostasy, the Bible says many will fall away. How would they fall away? It's through the wrong teachings of the word. The last days, you see, when Paul said that, do not be deceived, that this day will not come except the great falling away first of all. This is what it means. What would start the first, now, the end time, there are several events in the end time. Several events. But what the first event that would would, uh, commence what we call the end time event first of all, the first thing is the great apostasy, the great falling away. So, these things that we are teaching really is leading us somewhere. Hallelujah. The great falling away is what is going to precede all the end time events that we see in scripture. That was talked about in Matthew 24, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, Revelation, Daniel, Joel 2. All these end time events. The first thing, the first event that will precede everything is the great falling away. The great apostasy. And how will it happen? Doctrines. Oh, it's so powerful. Hallelujah. So, Balaam understood the way of the children of Israel. So, what the devil wants to do is to use teachers that understand our ways. Do we understand? So, the Bible calls it secret destructive heresies. Hallelujah. Let's quickly read Jude 1. I want to read to you from verse 1 to 11. He said, Jude, the born servant of Jesus Christ, and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God, the Father, and preserved. Verse 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Verse 4. See this. For certain men have crept in unnoticed. Do you see the word he's using here? He said, For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men put on the grace of our God into lewdness and denied the only God, the only God, and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them, those who did not believe. Let's go to verse. Oh, back then. He said, But this speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they know naturally, like good in those things, they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Let me just give you a sneak peek into tomorrow's message. One, just one, one of the things that wrong doctrine causes is rebellion. When the Bible was talking about some will fall onto perdition, this is all I was talking about. So Balaam understood their ways and he understood their law. You see, the channel of imputing wrong doctrines is to false teachers. So who then are false teachers? How, do, how then do we recognize false teachers? Who are they? How do they behave? Are they, are they the ones that wear ripped jeans to preach? No. Or are they the ones that wear that suit up to preach? No. Are they the ones that preach with dread on their head? No. Are they the ones that, that cut everything on their head and is so smooth to preach? No. Who then are these false teachers? How do we recognize them? Do they write it on their forehead? No. Is it really by the mistake they make while preaching? No. No. But there are biblical ways to recognize false teachers. Hallelujah. So tomorrow's message is recognizing false teachers. Recognizing false teachers. So we are done for tonight. That's tonight's message. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining in tonight. we we'll see you tomorrow. The preceding
1: message was brought to you by Emergence. For more information about Emergence, follow us on all social media platforms at Emergence